You are listening to Supernatural Confessions, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myths, urban legends, superstitions, or even unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platform. Share with us your story through our Facebook page or website. You just need to search supernaturalconfessions.com. I'm Kim, your host for this podcast series, and now, let's get on to the confessions. In two more days' time, it will be Hungry Ghost Festival. Are you guys ready? For this Wednesday, we're going to start our podcast with a confession. This one is written by our regular and also kind of like promoted to become our moderator, Kara Wong. And this title is, Write the Story. Hello folks, it has been a while, feeling slightly annoyed and coerced that I have to write about this experience but hoping maybe you can help me make some sense of it. So two days ago on a Saturday, I stopped by Golden Mile Complex with my husband and kids. I'm sure Singaporean listening to this would know where is this. It really was an impromptu spur-of-the-moment decision to drive over just to pick up some snacks. It must have been just after 1.30pm when we arrived and I must tell you the car park felt like the sun had set in there despite the fact that it was blazing hot middle of the day afternoon. It was dingy and dark and really quite off-putting, very reminiscent of a place that had been long forgotten. I spied an altar at one corner of the car park when we were circling to find a lot and just prayed really hard that my husband would decide to park at a slightly more well-lit area. When we got into the complex, it felt like I had entered a different zone altogether. Bustling with people eating, buying wares and getting their handphones repaid. We headed straight up to level 2 where the supermarket was located to get what we came for but for some reason I started getting this foreboding feeling almost like there was an indescribable pressure descending on me I kept my kids close my eyes darting around trying to figure out where it was coming from I felt beyond relief when we entered the supermarket and for some reason the pressure disappeared I told myself perhaps the sounds and smells were foreign and was probably just my imagination. We picked up our stuff and no sooner we had left the supermarket did the pressure start again. I could feel the beginnings of a headache and for some reason started to sweat profusely, hyperventilate and out of nowhere begin to feel like something was squeezing my stomach. I started to rage like I had ingested something wrong and my concerned kids started asking, Mummy, what's wrong? Mummy, 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 what's wrong? What happened to you? My husband, sensing something was off, quickly descended the stairs to look for the entrance to the car park and as luck would have it, we couldn't locate the entrance of the car park. For want of a better word, it felt like we are trapped in a freaking horror show. Thankfully for us, it was early in the day and there were some workers around who kindly pointed us in the general direction of the car park and we quickly realised that the signs that led to the toilet was actually the same area that would lead us to the unlabeled area of the car park. We made a quick exit and dashed to our car and within minutes of driving out of the complex, my composure returned and I could breathe normally again. 
Even my kids seem believe that mummy had returned to her normal self. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Remember, you are not alone. Okay, that is our first story. I'm sure you have bumped into this situation whereby you go to a certain places and you felt just not right. Some of us probably would have just experienced goosebumps, uneasiness, but for Kera, it was something else. It got until the point whereby the kids can tell something is wrong with the mother. Have you bumped into any places that give you this kind of vibe or this kind of feeling? Moving on to the next confession. This one is posted by Munira Saleh. Once again, this is posted on our SC private group, It Must Be The Hantu. If you have yet to join us there with 50,000 others of our members, you know where to look for us. It's on Facebook. Just key in what I just said. The story starts like this. This was probably in 1997 or 1998. I was really young back then, when it was just me and one younger brother. There was an auntie and a husband in Clementi that organizes tours to Malaysia. My family followed her once on this tour to Malacca, Malaysia. There were stops along the way to eat and shop. We had to stay overnight at a dingy-looking hotel after dinner at Air Hitam. But at first, I thought, probably because it's late at night, that's why it looked eerie. The hotel was apparently overbooked that night, so they had to open the other wing. It didn't feel good walking to the room. The whole way felt oppressing. My dad told us to follow him close and demanded a change of room, closer to the reception area. Which, luckily for us, we got that room. In our new room, we could hear chatter of people, we could also hear people entering or leaving the hotel from our room. But all these noises were okay. Because what happened next kind of make it feel okay. While mum was giving my brother and I a shower, we heard commotion in the hallway. Like there were screams and things dropping or somebody was throwing something around and it dropped on the floor. We were not sure exactly what were some of the other noises, but something definitely happening outside. Shortly afterwards, the uncle and auntie came knocking on our door. Dad went to open it and they told us someone from the tour group had been possessed. And apparently, this one came from the family that stay at the end of the corridor furthest from the reception. Luckily with us, there was an Ustaz in the group, so he stepped in and helped that family. After everything calmed down, the family was relocated to another room. After Dad returned, Dad asked us to see our own door before he tucked us into bed. Now, here is another weird part. I remember arriving at the hotel, checking in and entering our room, but I do not remember the span of the tuck into bed that night and leaving the next morning. I only remember we were back on the bus, then shopping at some way for a huge mango. Looking at the photo album, we had a huge buffet breakfast spread at the hotel, but I have no memory of eating it at all. 
here at Supernatural Confessions. We would like to remind you, whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there. Another story that happened, particularly at the room that is furthest or the one that is in the corner at the end of the hallway. We have discussed in a previous episode in our Friday Night Live why certain places or why certain rooms that is located at the end of the hallway usually have spooky tales like this. Moving on to the next confession. This one is posted by Lina Tan. Would like to share this really bizarre incident. Not sure if anyone has had this sort of experience. The charming and gregarious uncle underwent heart surgery in Canada and had a brain hemorrhage. Given the high amount of brain damage, his chance of regaining consciousness was almost zero. He was put on a life support system and still breathing. My Canadian cousins had to make the most difficult decision to take him off the life support system in the following days. Thus, relatives were advised to Zoom call in and say our last words to this uncle in his comatose stage. When my turn came, it was 4am in Singapore time. I thank him for all his kindness shown when I was in high school in Canada and he had driven 15 hours to check on me. They were mentioning of good old memories back in those days. And I ended the call also saying goodbye and if fate has it, we will meet again and told him he was the best looking uncle among all my other uncles, bringing much laughter with that comment. With that, I got emotional. I teared up and hung up the phone. I then climbed into bed with my husband beside me. At this very moment, the bedroom was pitch black. Suddenly, there was a pulsating light projected onto a specific area on the wall. The light appeared brighter than dimmer, and uh, the pattern projected also got bigger than smaller. The pattern was almost like um, flower-like in a happy, non-creepy way. I adjusted my eyesight as the room was pitch black. I looked at it for a while and processed the information and wondered if I was dreaming. Then I wondered if my husband, who normally sleeps within a minute when hitting the bed, could see what I was seeing. Suddenly, I heard my husband shouting loudly, What is that? Followed by, It's an orb! It is then I realized we were both witnessing this occurrence. He shouted for me to turn on the light and find out what it was. I fumbled for the switch for a while and when the lights were turned on, everything disappeared. Being a very logical person, we deduced the iPad on the table by the wall must have produced that. We did not put much thought into it and we went to bed. For the next two evenings, I experimented with the iPad in pitch dark room and the light is just bright static light illuminating towards the ceiling. Definitely no projections on the side wall. Thus, I have a few thoughts. Firstly, it is definitely my uncle showing me his acknowledgement communicating through distance and space. The second thought is when fate is decided, a person can go into a between state even though they are still breathing on life support machine and doctors have not pronounced them dead. Lastly, in my opinion, in these types of situation, the in-between entities can leverage on electronics to make their signals stronger. Thank you very much for listening, say Lina Tan. 
feels so much better. I can share my experience in this page of the like-minded people with no judgment. Fellow listeners of Supernatural Confessions, if you like our podcast content and wish to support us, do buy us coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash Life. We appreciate every single cup of it. To Lina Tan and to all that is listening to this podcast, the channel, the platform, the name Supernatural Confessions is created as a safe haven to all to share their own experiences with the supernatural and unexplainable where nobody would call you crazy. Okay, from the last confession, we would like to extend our condolences to Lee Nathan. We're so sorry that your uncle, or you have to lose your uncle in that situation. We hope he is in a better place. Moving on to the next confession. This one, it's an audio interview where we actually featured her interview on YouTube. But this is just an extra extended version about her telling us the story about her kumantong. Have a listen. I'm like, hey, so, so you remember my ex-boyfriend gave me this kumantong he brought back from Thailand, right? I said, what happened to you? Then I told her this happened. Then she was like, so cool. She was like, can you send me? Why did you send me? I was like, I'm going to I said, Joshua, my kid, Joshua, I'm going to you know then, then she was like, uh, okay, okay, then she came. Uh, I, I, I wrapped, she said, wrapped in the cloth first. So it can... So it cannot see that he is leaving the house. I'm like, oh please, every spirit will know where they are. Okay, you know what? You see, I skeptics, yeah. So I said, uh, okay, okay, then I pow the poo, ah. Then I met her and I pass it to her. Then I have no idea what happened to it already. Actually, a kumantong, kumantong, like a, a, a baby, a golden boy, or. Uh, yeah, it, but it's actually a female one, so it's actually called a kumani. Mm. But I address it as a kumantong because I don't know if kumani is a conventional name to call it or someone, uh, my ex. My ex told me you should call it a kumani because it's a girl. I even gave her a name. Her name is CC. He gave it to me to protect my kid, ma. So the time my kid was young, then I got feeding milk and everything. The freaking milk got disappeared, one no. But I, I, I attribute that to evaporation, of course. Then after that, uh, when my kid was, uh, uh, you know, grown, you know, and my author, I changed to a Greek author instead. Yeah, I changed the great author. I got Zeus, Aphrodite, Hera, and all the cool uh, statues because I'm a collector of these nice statues as well. Then the Kumani, I still respectfully put in the drawer, but I totally forgot about her. Only when I moved house, he randomly brought up, no. He said, better get rid of that thing. But you never take care of the Kumani, then didn't the Kumani like attack you or Nothing give you your dream? But it, it actually like, I felt happy like and all, you know, I'm actually a very, like, I don't give a what person, you know, I never really touch wood, have any mishap in my life stuff and all. Yeah, so I, if I know that removing her will cause any misfortune, I would have taken better care. But no, but after that, that, that gust of wind and no thing, that's when I was like, yeah. And he combat fear, he was the one who would tell me, he was like, dude, look. So he heard it, no? Like, it was not just me. Yeah. Yeah. Hikers, I was always wondering, right, the, the places that you guys go hiking in Singapore, especially the off-trail one, uh, yeah. not the legit... Yeah, uh, <laughs> off the beaten path one. I have seen and felt and smelled things, you know? yeah. so obviously, mm. as hikers, you guys are doing it more often than I do. But forest, no plant, eh. Forest, all tree. It got the, the floral smell very strange. It's a jasmine smell. That's where everyone was freaked out as well because like, uh, okay, so rule of thumb, we respect nature, okay? We super respect nature, but 
uh, having that floral smell out of, out of place, right? So actually when I went Marang Trail uh, at Labrador Park, uh, same thing, you know, I also them candy walking down the, the trail. I'm like, wow, it's eh. Then one of the hikers said, you know what is that tombstone? Ma? I'm like, what? I'm like, why, why all this landmark in Singapore? I don't know one. Then I, I, so we cannot see the tomb from Marang Trail, but apparently on the map, there's a tomb there. And that's where the jasmine smell came. Leh. If you like the content here on the podcast, you are also invited to join Eugene, Sonia, Joe, and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday, 10pm, Malaysia and Singapore time, where they'll discuss, dissect, and go deeper in details on your confession. And I'll be waiting for you there. From the story Kumantong, now we're going to shift to Ben's confession. Now, Ben's confession is also in an audio form, which was sent to us through Brian, one of our narrators. Okay, guys. Um, so, I'm with Benjamin right now, and he will narrate a story, third-party point of view, about an incident that occurred at the substation, right? And I believe the substation was probably opened in the early part of the 20th century. Uh, as the name, the substation implies, it used to be a sub-utility power station built during the British colonial era. Subsequently, it was fell into disuse and it was repurposed by Kuo Pao Kun, Singapore's imminent playwright, who, con- who then converted it into like a platform for experimental theater. Now, Benjamin, you do have a story to share with us, so please continue. Hey, hello Supernatural Confessions fans. This is Benjamin. The following story was shared with me by my martial arts teacher, <coughs> Coach Jeff, uh, which is not his real name, as he wishes to remain anonymous. I am pleased to share and narrate this story to you today with the blessing of Coach Jeff. This story is called From Upstairs. So this is uh, from the point of view of Coach Jeff. This is a story about my experience at the substation along Armenian Street. For context, the substation is an old building dates all the way back to 1926. It's usually well known as an independent art centre which was founded by, in 1990 by Ko Pao Kun, as mentioned by my friend Brian. Uh, unfortunately, it has, been, it has since been uh, permanently closed in 2021. Okay, so this is the perspective of my uh, coach Jeff. I usually use the substation as a training venue for martial arts. So on this particular Sunday, sometime in 2005, I went there to train. Some of my training buddies were supposed to join me, but they were not able to make it. So I thought uh, I might as well make good use of my time since I had already booked the place. So for context, the substation is a three-story building with a small theatre on the first floor a dance studio on the second floor, <coughs> and some rooms on the second and third floor. It's quite an old place, 
So the stairs and flooring on the second and third level are made of old wood that creaks and groans when you walk on it. And and the uh the the of there are offices right on the second. There level. are there are uh small rooms are mm. uh, second and third level, mm. right? So when you walk on this uh wooden flooring, uh, it sometimes uh creaks quite loudly. Uh, I usually train at the dance studio on the second level. Having trained there quite often, we had actually heard rumors from the staff there of strange unexplained happenings uh, on the third floor. So, when you climb up the stairs from the entrance at level 1 to level 2, you will immediately see the main door to the dance studio. A short walk down the corridor brings you to the back door of the dance studio and besides it are the stairs leading up to the third floor. This back door is usually kept locked. So on, so onwards with our story. So I climb up the creaky wooden stairs to the second floor and I enter the dance studio by the main door. As I'm getting ready, the caretaker comes in and passes me the keys. She tells me that I'm the only person in the building and to lock up the place once I'm done. Then she takes her leave. So I change into my martial arts attire and I begin my training routine. I'm alone, training by myself. I start at around 6pm and there's still daylight outside. So at first, everything is normal. I'm focusing on my training. I'm going through my routine. Then, suddenly, I hear the distinct creaking of wood. It came from level 3, upstairs. It didn't strike me as anything odd. It's an old building with an old creaky wooden floor. So I thought nothing of it. And I continue training. Then, a second loud creak. It's on the staircase, upstairs. And he was supposed to be the only one. Closer now, yes. Right. And I was the only one there, right? So I immediately start to feel something was off. I thought to myself, Hey, come on, I do martial arts. I have to be strong and stand my ground. So I continued with my training. And I hope that my fighting spirit would deter anything from uh, making mischief. Or hopefully it will make it go away. So I focused even more on my training and I projected my martial spirit through loud shouts as I go about my training. Another creak. Lower this time. It's coming down the stairs. I was still very determined. And I decided that I wanted to at least finish my set. I continue putting in my best effort into my training and channeling as much martial spirit as I could. When I can, I take a peek at the mirrors in the dance studio. As you can see, parts of the staircase through a window reflected there. And there's nothing there. Another creak. Even lower this time. Coming down, I take a peek at the mirror. Nothing. I'm not feeling very comfortable at this point. 
But I decided to stay strong and continue. And as I continue, I can hear the creaking a few more times. Each time getting lower and lower down the stairs. I was almost done with my set. So I decided I will just finish it quickly and take my leave. I'm almost done. One creak. Base of the stairs. Outside the rear door to the place I'm in. I finish. I quickly grab my gear and my bag. Didn't bother to change into normal attire. I calmly exit through the main door and I walk down the stairs to the first floor. As I go, I make it a point to look straight ahead. I had no interest in seeing what was there at the rear wall, at the rear door, at the base of the stairs. I reached the first floor and locked the door to the stair entrance quickly. Interestingly, a small crowd had formed at the first floor outside. Apparently, there was a place taking, there was a play taking place at the substation theater that day. But never mind. I went to the ground floor toilet, changed, deposited the keys at the office, at the box office, and I was away. By the time I left, it was around 6.15. So there was still daylight. The whole ordeal had taken around 15 minutes. Suffice to say, it was a very short training session. Now, so this was a story that Coach Jeff Mm. has shared with me and other martial arts students. Mm. We actually regularly use the substation dance studio for our martial arts training. Although we only train there in the morning, usually on Saturdays. So, the next part of this substation story may or may not be connected. So, I guess you in the audience, you can make of it what you will. So, one Saturday in September 2019, we were supposed to hold our regular morning training at the substation. Uh, one of my training buddies came early, only to find that the police had cordoned off the building and they were conducting investigations. Mm. We heard rumours that a body had been found. Suffice to say, Coach Jeff and us students, we were not able to train that day. It was only much later when the story was published in the newspapers that we found that the rumours were true. A tourist had flown into Singapore to watch the F1 Grand Prix. The previous night, this gentleman had been drinking at the bar in the substation compound and he got drunk. Somehow in an intoxicated state, he had wandered into the substation building and eventually got himself locked in. According to the news article, he might have panicked when he realised he was locked in and he tried to get out by punching a glass window. Unfortunately, the jagged edges of the broken glass cut his wrist, and he tragically bled to death. This was at the third floor, right? You, ah, wait, ah, hang on, ah, I'm getting right. to that. Cool. So, the investigations reeled it as death from an unfortunate misadventure. Mm. But I'm sure you will agree that the circumstances are still quite mysterious. Ah. Now, here's the thing. According to the news, they found the body of the tourist lying in a pool of blood on level 3 mm. upstairs. Yeah, that's where Coach Jeff heard the 
creaking noises, right? Exactly. That's where it, That's where it started from. Yeah. yeah. So, is it an unfortunate misadventure? Or was there something more to it? What do you guys and girls think? Thank you very much, Benjamin, for that story. But ladies and gentlemen, fellow listeners to Supernatural Confessions Wednesday podcast, there is actually part two. So remember to tune in next week for Benjamin's story, part two. We have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit SupernaturalConfessions.com You can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series signing off with Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.